Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Command Space. I am your host, Mike Hurley. Today I am joined by musician, singer-songwriter and internet superstar, Mr. Jonathan Colton. But before we get into today's interview, I would like to uh, just thank our sponsor very quickly. Um, and that is, of course, the fine folks over at Squarespace. Um, Squarespace.com, they give you everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website, blog or portfolio. With Squarespace, it doesn't matter how experienced you are when it comes to building websites. You can put something online in just minutes. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling or integrating with social services like Twitter and Facebook. And with Squarespace Commerce, you can add a fully integrated store into your site, which will allow you to start selling products online, physical or digital, and you can accept payments immediately. They have great tools like uh, inventory management, order processing, You can so you can get your orders dealt with with your customers very quickly. Um, you can host digital files with them and have them delivered to your customers with download links, even have expiry codes too if you need. All Squarespace sites have access to their beautiful themes. They all feature responsive web design. They're very beautiful, clean, and they let your content do all of the talking. You can build your pages in their layout engine, which is a drag-and-drop page builder that allows you to create custom layouts for each of your pages in seconds. It's so simple, you wouldn't even believe. They have uh, real-time analytics, iOS and Android, apps, blog importers, 24-7 customer support, online workshops and much, much more. I want you to go and find out more and sign up for a free trial to try all this stuff out. Go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels, 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S, and you can sign up for a free trial there. Squarespace plans start at $10 a month for their standard plan and $20 a month for their unlimited plan. If you sign up for a year up front, you'll get 20% off this price, and if you sign up for two, you'll get 25% off. And don't forget to use the code 70 decibels for that's 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S. LS4, and you will get an additional 10% off your first order. So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to make an amazing website. Now let's get on with the show. I would like to welcome Mr. Jonathan Colton. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, sir. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for joining me here today. Thank you very much for having me. So um, I wanted to have you on today to talk about a few things. Um, and most, I mean, I guess most people know you, well, will know you as being a internet musician. Is that the right way to describe it? How do you describe yourself? Uh, I usually just say musician. Uh, saying internet musician is actually less, me- I feel like it's less meaningful than it used to be. We're all on the internet now, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless we are fools. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I am uh, I am mostly a musician. Uh, uh, I wasn't always that. I, I used to be a software designer, and I, I started being a musician full time in about two thousand five. Uh, and yeah, I, you know, I I, I have uh, created my my little media empire here uh, through the help of uh, fans and supporters, and and uh, uh, you know, done it done it all using uh, as many cool tools on the internet uh, for. Uh, that are designed to help uh, uh, independent artists be independent artists, as I could find. And that's actually really, you, you've kind of set, you've already set the conversation, Jonathan. You're such a pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done a few interviews. You know. <laughs> so you're saying about using the tools um, that allow people to, to do these sorts of things online. And you've, you've recently launched a Kickstarter, um, which I believe is your first Kickstarter project. That's right. It's the first time first time I've ever done a a, a project through Kickstarter. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's a graphic novel called Code Monkey Save World, 
Uh, it's uh, it's uh, being written by my friend Greg Pock, who is a uh, professional comic book writer. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's a story based on characters from uh, many of my songs. Um, uh, and... Uh, yeah, we're we're really really excited about it. It was just sort of an offhand comment that Greg made about uh, the possibility of doing this, and then I said, "Yeah, let's do it." And then here we are. It's actually happening. It's kind of crazy. And you've had an incredible um, level of support so far. So as we currently record this, um, you have raised one hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars against your thirty-nine thousand dollar goal. Yeah, it's pretty absurd. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, we we launched with a thirty nine thousand dollar goal, and uh, 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 we were surprised and delighted to uh, to see that we had blown through that goal in about nine hours on the first day, uh, and wow. it's just gotten bigger and bigger from there. And uh, uh, you know, it's it's amazing. It doesn't honestly, it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I mean, it is an incredible amount of money, and you've still got twenty days to go. I mean, it's amazing. Well, I know we're we're only ten days in, and it's it's uh you know it's very it's a very hard thing to figure out like what because we we've we've been spending a lot of time talking about uh, stretch goals. You know, on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. once you once you once your project gets going, it's you it's the custom often to uh, to announce certain stretch goals. Whereas if you reach certain ridiculous out there numbers, you will you will, you know, pour money and effort back into the project to make it cooler and do these other things. Um, and um, we've had a hard time uh, figuring out where those stretch goals should be because, you know, when we launched, we were like, well, maybe we'll make 50. Like maybe mm-hmm. maybe our first stretch goal should be 40, 45,000 and then our next stretch goal <laughs> should be 50,000. And we, we didn't even have time to post any stretch goals before we had already blown through what we thought was our first out there stretch goal number. Um, and so, uh, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a it's a, it's a weird thing, but it's a lot of fun. And, uh, mostly I'm just thrilled that we are, uh, not only enabled to do this project, but we are enabled to make it as awesome as we possibly can. You know, it's really great. So the current, the current, um, stretch goal that you've got is for 200, this was announced today, $200,000 and you're going to record a brand new acoustic album. That's right. So, um, the, the, the book is based on, uh, I think about nine, uh, of my songs, uh, characters pulled from about nine of my songs. And, um, uh, I'm going to write an additional song, uh, uh, that is in turn inspired by the story that we end up with in the book. Uh, and I'm going to take all those songs into the studio and do um, uh, just really well-recorded acoustic versions, me singing, <clears throat> um, and uh, uh, just make a bunch of really solid, nice acoustic versions of all those songs if we hit $200,000. And that's something that people have been asking for that for a while because the original recordings of those songs are uh, sort of band arrangements that I did here in my studio. And a lot of people know them better and even like them better as the, the, the acoustic versions that, uh, I was, I was touring with for a long time when I was touring with just an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have uh, live albums as well, which are acoustic guitar too. And the, exactly. the, the songs sort of take on a totally different, um, feeling and meaning, especially code monkey. Yeah, well, that one in particular, the the original is a is a much higher tempo rock song, uh, but it's such a sad song that it's kind of fun to do it uh, slowly and sadly on the acoustic guitar. So yeah, that one that that's probably the one that 
transforms itself the most between the original recorded version and the and the live version. Thinking back to the Jonathan Coltner ten years ago, um, how does it feel to have the stories and characters that you imagined and dreamt up not only be loved in such a way, but by and and now have like this whole thing created around them, tying them together and turning them in, turning them into a comic book. I mean, what does that feel like? Uh, it's really exciting. You know, I, I um, these characters span uh, you know probably about fifteen years of my life. I've known these some of these characters, um, and uh, so I'm pretty familiar with them. And of course, they were always a little bit a part of me anyway. So. Uh, to have somebody else, especially somebody like Greg Greg Pak, who is uh, really great at what he does. He's a legend. Uh, he's a legend, exactly. And to have him uh, take these characters and take a fresh look at them and draw these connections between them and you know set them up in this room and have them talk to each other, it's really an exciting prospect because I, I do think, you know, from the outline that we've discussed, it does seem like we have a pretty great, uh, set of characters and relationships to play off of in a lot of different ways. Uh, so it's, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it's insane that the, um, the Cove Monkey and, you know, the, the Skull Crusher of Skull Crusher Mountain are going, their story is being written by a guy who's written a Batman book. You know, that, it's insane, right? It's, <laughs> I, it's, it's I know. awesome. I, I'm telling you, more and more these days, my life, my life uh, I can't believe the stuff that's coming out of my mouth when I tell people what I'm working on. It's just... Uh, <laughs> I never in a million years would have dreamed that I've, I would get to do all the cool things I've gotten to do. It's, it's been a lot of fun. So one of, the, one of the, um, the perks, one of the things that you're giving away with the Kickstarter is you're going to be writing um, a new song and new songs that are inspired by the book. Um, yeah. What is it like to be in this inspiration inception? So like you're, you wrote <laughs> these characters and now there's a comic book and now you're going to write about stuff inspired by the thing that somebody else is doing about your characters. <laughs> it's weird. I'm in a wait and see mode right now. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, it definitely is a little odd, but I think it'll be I think it'll be good because people people have asked me frequently uh, about some of these songs. You know, for instance, Skullcrusher Mountain. People have said, "Will you please write a sequel to Skullcrusher Mountain?" And the answer is no. I can't possibly write a sequel to Skullcrusher Mountain. Uh, you don't do sequels to songs it just like it doesn't make any sense it's not a form that really supports that but that said uh you know greg's greg's take on these characters is going to flesh them out a little bit there's going to be other stuff that they're dealing with other angles to them that i have never considered and so uh you know i I like to think there's going to be that thing in there uh in the story that i'll be able to latch on to uh, and 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 spin out a little bit myself uh to uh to some some new song that uh, talks about something new about these characters that would be i mean that that's cool i mean because i agree like writing a, a sequel to some of these songs i can imagine is must be a very daunting task because you kind of have to it's like a sequel to a movie right you don't you know that the, the reason people want it is because they love it so much but because they love it so much you don't want to ruin it yeah it is destined to fail that kind of endeavor is destined to fail uh whereas i feel like this endeavor is not necessarily destined to fail. <laughs> I, I think it'll be fine. It will be. Uh, me too. Me too. So Kickstarter is really interesting to me um, when, in the way that it gels with your, 
your background and in, in your history in, in building yourself to the place that you are now. Because Kickstarter is all about crowdfunding and things that are like demanded by the people. So it's like, I want to do this thing. Do you want it? Well, help me do it. And, and it's a very different way of, of making creative endeavors because just, there's no risk. There's no financial risk to people before they start. And I mean, the, the, the crowdfunding and, and sort of the demand is kind of where you began, like the whole crowd support and the way that you've got to where you are now is by building this fan base. And I just wondered if you'd considered those parallels at all. I, I have, absolutely. I mean, it, it, and you're right, that's, the, that's really the crux of it. It's, it's, uh, it's completely backwards from the way uh, most creative work has been uh, funded, um, uh, as long as there's been a, a mass culture, you know, uh, it used to be that you had to uh, raise money or spend your own money uh, from uh, investors uh, who weren't necessarily fans, but who were business people. Um, and then you would make a thing that you hoped everyone liked, and you would hope that you would make the money back. Um, whereas, whereas this is uh, this is completely reversed. You're saying, here's what I want to do. Uh, if you want it, you can buy it now before it's done. Uh, that's essentially what you're saying. And if enough of you agree to buy it, I'll make it. Um, and yeah, it does. You know, when I was first starting, to, when I first moved to New York City after college, uh, and I was, uh, you know, I was all talk then about how I was going to be a big rock and roll star. But as I started to approach it, uh, the in particular, it, it, it's a very, um, it's sort of a catch twenty two. You can't get anybody to come to your show unless a lot of people come to your shows. <laughs> and, you know, the way, the way it used to work is when you would, is you would tour in these ever-widening concentric circles. You know, you would play in your town until you built up a following, and then you would try uh, a town uh, an hour away and see if some of your following showed up there, and you would get ever wider and ever wider, and sometimes you would even uh, just open for a band, and so you would play in front of audiences that didn't know you at all and did not come to see you, and hopefully they would become fans and come back to your show later. And that prospect uh, is exhausting and soul-sucking and terrifying, Um, and so I avoided it for many years. It's one of the reasons that I never really... Uh, pulled the trigger and 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 really dedicated myself to being a musician the first time around. It was just it didn't seem it didn't seem like a lot of fun. I, you know, I wasn't driven enough to do it. Um, and then once I went through ten years of writing software and finally quit that job to do music full time, uh, I began by releasing music online, uh, doing this project called Thing a Week. Over the course of a year, I would release release a new song every Friday. Um, and I, over the course of that year, I built up enough followers and the internet was coming into its own as this, uh, uh, social nexus where you could connect with large numbers of people directly. Um, and so suddenly there were ways that I could say, Hey, if you want me to do a show in Chicago, sign up here. And if enough of you sign up, uh, then I will be able to know for sure that uh, going to Chicago will result in a fun show with a uh, a big enough crowd for the space that I get, and I will not lose money doing it. Um, and once I once I realized that was an option, it was like, oh, okay, now I can tour. Yeah, see, that's very that's very interesting, actually. And you kind of was doing it at a stage where it was on your website, and now we have social media. Yeah, it's it's very true. I mean, it's funny to look back. Uh, 
uh, at the uh, this sort of uh, stratified the, all the layers of uh, of uh, of tools that I have used in the past. You know, when I when I first started doing this, it was all about blogs, mm-hmm. uh, and you would blog, and that's how you connected with people, and people would subscribe to your blog, and they would leave comments, and that's where you would have conversations with them, um, and then. Uh, and then came podcasting, and then came Twitter, and then came uh, MySpace and Facebook, and uh, there are now a million different places uh, where there where you can uh, essentially create communities uh, of people and and uh, and and build that kind of social structure. And it's a it's a very exciting time to be a to be a creative person for that reason. I mean, I can't even imagine that YouTube was a thing. You Absolutely, I, you know, not for me. I mean, I, I, for for some people, that is the place that they uh, go to. I mean, certainly for people who's who uh, who are mostly involved with making uh, video uh, works. Uh, obviously, that's a, a a smart place to go. But yeah, I mean, that, that's a whole scene. I, and calling it I see a scene, I think, is a, is appropriate. Uh, all these places are there, have their own have their own vibe and. Uh, 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 you know, I think you, the nice thing about it is you can, you can pick and choose and you can, you can go to the places where you feel like going, yeah. uh, and, uh, and, and, and build it however you want. You're not just tied down to, to one thing. With, um, sort of where you are now in your career, um, do you find it a help to have this direct link with your audience that something like Twitter provides? Oh, it's essential. I mean, you know, I, I think that the, w- one of the reasons uh, one of the reasons I felt uh, relatively confident about this Kickstarter is that we, you know, I know, I know how many Twitter followers I have, and I know that without spending any money, and and uh, without spending very much time, I can I can uh, send a message out to those people, and probably a lot of them will read it, and if there's a link in it, probably a lot of them will follow that link, uh, and just the just something that simple of having a what is essentially a free broadcast tool to uh, a known quantity of audience members. Uh, I mean, it's it's everything. It's everything in in the business of of uh, of of making creative work. It's 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 how uh, for me anyway. It's it's I, I couldn't. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way I would have done this. I would have become a musician without this. In fact, I failed to become a musician until these things were in place. That's really interesting. But I, I, do you think that? Do you think that you ever could have been? Could have with the music that you make? Um, could have garnered an audience in the traditional means. I mean, because you have a very particular audience. Um, it's true. Um, I think two things. I think first of all. Uh, I am um, uh, too lazy a person to have done it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> I, maybe lazy is not the right word for it, but it's 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 hard. Getting started is hard because uh, before before you have a known quantity of audience members, it's really hard to know what to do and how to get that audience. Um, Getting it started is the hardest part, and and it was even harder before these tools were here. So, you know, I, I think I just I just would have given up. I know <laughs> there's no way there's no way I would have done it long enough to to build the audience uh, that I needed to uh, to support myself. Because the other aspect of it is that 
uh, it's true. What I do is a is a very specific. Um, I mean, I do a lot of different things, but the thing I think that has most supported me is the nerdy stuff and the funny stuff. Uh, and there's just not a big mass market for nerdy, funny music about monkeys and robots. Um, and uh, the fact is, using the old uh, record company system and using the old means of marketing and distribution, um, uh, the way the math works, uh, I would not have earned a big enough percentage of the gross <laughs> yeah. to support me. I mean, it's that, it's that simple. It's that now I, I keep more of every dollar that people spend on my music, uh, than I would be able to without tools like, uh, Twitter, uh, and, and, and iTunes and TuneCore and WordPress, uh, all this stuff enables me to, uh, have a bigger piece of a smaller pie and have that be enough to, uh, for me to make a living. So back in the early 2000s where it was, you know, where there was the difficulty that you just mentioned about, you know, the way that you would get discovered in the music industry or whatever, that was difficult then. But do you think that maybe in 2013 it's just as difficult to be to be successful online with music because there's so many people trying to do it in these ways now as well? I certainly think I hit a, a sweet spot where I benefited a great deal uh, from the fact that uh, MP3s were cool. <laughs> it right. seems silly to say. <laughs> the like, newfangled MP3. Well, yeah. At a certain point, MP3 players were were a new, exciting thing, and it was the technology itself um, that was driving people uh, uh, to explore the musicians who were in that world. You know, I mean, that was. Uh, I, I sort of had the the perfect storm where the the content of my songs, this kind of nerdy stuff, was matching up. Uh, very well with the uh, the kind of people who are into who were into the means of distribution I was using. So I was writing music for nerds. Nerds were using the internet. I was putting my music on the internet. It all worked. Um, and as you point out, yeah, now uh, you know everybody's using the same tools. And I thir- certainly think it has become a much more uh, crowded space. But um, uh, is it harder? I don't know. I think you need. I think you need different skills um, to be a successful successful musician if you want to do it this way. Of course, there are still people getting discovered by record companies, but if you want to be an independent musician who controls all your own stuff and distributes all your own stuff, um, you do need a bit of. A, you do need to be a bit of a smart business person. Uh, you need to like thinking about websites and marketing, and and uh, you need to like talking to people and connecting with people. Um, uh, and if you don't like those things, then, you know, maybe this job is not for you. Um, uh, but then again, you know, I also think that um, one of the benefits of this uh, ecosystem of tools and communities is that um, uh, good news travels very fast. Uh, and so if you, if you do something that is is great and interesting and connects with a lot of people, uh, it's not going to get, it's not going to get buried. Um, you know, it's going to find its, I, I really do believe that it's going to find its way, uh, to the, to the people who like it. Um, and if it, if it, if it doesn't, then, uh, you know, there may be something systemically wrong with the approach because I think if anything, uh, the situation we have now is a much more, uh, democratic, uh, way for people to 
uh, discover the music that they like. So with Kickstart, you you know you're again doing the same sort of thing in that you're embracing the new tools and the the, the ecosystems and the, the sort of systems that are out there. But with uh, Code Monkey Save World, you're also taking a kind of a new direction. Like this is a different sort of creative output. You, you know that some you are working on a, a comic book, which is new for you. I mean, is this something that that you are continuing to think about, like new ways to take what you do and put it into different mediums and go in different routes? Absolutely. I I um I love to learn things. I'm never happier than when I'm learning something. And um you know, everything that I've done in my career uh has been in part about about that, about trying things and about figuring things out. Uh and so yeah, I I I um you know, it, it's. I feel like it's important when you're a, a creative person. Uh, it's it's your job to to explore, you know. And um, and even though someone may think they want me to just do ten sequels to the song Skullcrusher Mountain, that's not at all what they want. That would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it's my job to. Uh, to just continue, essentially to continue entertaining myself, <laughs> as, as ridiculous as that sounds. No, that's good. And, 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 hope that, and hope that the output that results from that is also entertaining to other people. I mean, because I think a lot of the work that you've done has, has been loved by many because you have enjoyed it and your fun has come out in it. So if you stopped enjoying it, the fun won't be there anymore. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you can kind of tell... When uh, when an artist, a musician, or a or a filmmaker uh, doesn't really have that joy connection with what they're working on, and those those kinds of things don't turn out good. Um, so yeah, I agree. I, I I need to be I need to be loving what I'm doing, or it's not going to be any good. That's just how it works. So your last solo album, Artificial Heart, was different, and, and you kind of alluded to this to, to the other albums that you've made because it was in a studio with a band, which you hadn't really had before, and it had a producer. Um, are you going to continue to adapt your music like this? Like it, for the next album, I don't know if it's something you're thinking about, but do you think that you would go down the same sort of route and, and do it in that way? Uh, maybe, I don't know. You know, it was, um, it was definitely a big change for me having done the rest of my stuff all myself in my own home studio, uh, to be working with musicians and, a, uh, and a producer and audio engineers. It was, uh, really different um and very collaborative uh and also terrifying and exciting and uh you know tapped into that that learning thing that I was talking about because I learned an awful lot doing that I'm still learning how to play with a band and how to how to tour with a band and um so that's been really fun and honestly there's nothing that compares with uh playing in a rock band on stage in front of an audience of people I know I'm not the first one to discover that. I might, I might in fact, be the last one to discover that. Uh, but it, it, it is really fun. Um, uh, and, yeah, I, you know, I, I have been thinking a lot about a new album. It's sort of time for me to start writing some stuff again. And I've been, I've been messing around at home with ideas and, and trying, to, trying to follow my bliss and see where that li- leads. You know, I don't want to say all right, it's time to make another studio record with a band. Uh, I'm more, I would rather um, explore on my own for a while and figure out 
what it is that the the uh, my muse is asking for. <laughs> Not to be too touchy feely and weird, but you know, I I kind of need to feel my way to it rather than just making a decision and going there. I think that that's a, a real nice a real nice roundup to that. Actually, I think that's a, that's a nice point to end on. So I guess. People need to go and they need to go to Kickstarter and find codes, Code Monkey Save World, right? That's what they need to do right now. Uh, they would be crazy if they did not do that, yeah. And JonathanColton.com. That's right. And I'm also Jonathan Colton on Twitter. Will you allow me to be a fanboy for a few moments? Oh, of course. So I would, li- I would just like to tell you some things. I'd like to tell you my two favorite songs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I would just like to tell you that Skullcrusher Mountain and Nemesis are my two favorite songs of yours. Oh wow! You're a you're a right. So you're a you're a villain. You're an evil villain kind of guy. I hadn't realized that until just now. But yes, because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I found I sort of found your music in uh, first of Artificial Heart, which is interesting. I think I can't imagine that there are many people that came to you through that, that album. started with that album. No, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's strange, isn't it? I, that's how I found your music, and then I went back, um, and then and caught, caught up, which was interesting. Um, and I saw you in London last, which was incredible. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, London is great. London is always a great show. I really look forward to playing at that place. The Union Chapel, which is Union Chapel. Church. It's beautiful. Uh, you can't buy alcohol when you play. You have to buy tea and coffee because they won't serve mm-hmm. it. I, it's just really, inter- really interesting. The acoustics were amazing in there. Um, and I'd, I'd never been to a show um, with you know your type of musician so like guys like paul and storm um, mm-hmm. and people like that who were there with you and it was just such an interesting experience for me because the people the people there they they they're different to people at any other rock show with me being <laughs> yeah. one of those people yeah and there's so much there's so many in jokes right you know like people would throw very specific things on stage at paul and storm yeah um <laughs> I don't even want to say what some of those things were. Uh, just body parts made of licorice, which was very interesting. Um, and it just seemed like it was just this really cool community. Um, and, you know, you would have back and forth and making jokes with people during the show. And it's just a really interesting dynamic. Um, and and I, I, had, I was speaking to John Roderick on this show a, a while back, and he was talking about how his audience has changed since he started touring with you guys and how different, different yeah. that is for him. Yeah, well, he talks a lot about the, I'm sure he already talked about this on, on your show, but the, the difference between fans of indie rock and fans of whatever it is I do um, is that uh, fans of, fans of indie, indie rock are... Um, uh, I mean, to hear him tell it, they are enthusiastic, but in a different way. Uh, and the the way you describe where it's like we're we're there are there are jokes that that span uh, the the years uh, and the many shows that I've done with that audience, and it's like the audience is that is this is this one brain that seems to remember these jokes, and these jokes evolve, and we tell them back and forth to each other, um, and. Uh, and uh yeah the i think um you know the the word nerd is sort of overused these days or geek uh, as well and 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 uh i think that it's not it's not a fully inclusive description of the kind of culture that uh we're trying to talk about i really think it's more like uh uh 
I, I don't know what you would. It's like there are people who are extra enthusiastic about things. Yeah, just enthusiasts. Um, I think is a is a enthusiasts. Real nice term. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's such a it's such a that's not a very specific word, but that's I think that's a it more closely captures what's going on because it's not it's not always about you say nerd or geek and you think about uh, Star Trek and Doctor Who, but it's not always that. Uh, it's more to me. It's much more. Uh, a spirit of enthusiasm and inclusion and community and just general like thumbs up let's have some fun that's that's what i see in my audiences i would like to thank you for being awesome <laughs> for being here today with me it's been a pleasure. you're welcome and thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it so uh next week um i'm going to be joined by uh, Mr. Jeff Canata, who has also recently had a Kickstarter of his own. Um, so that would be really interesting to talk about with Jeff as well. Um, so, yes, you can uh, find me on Twitter as well. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you all to listening to this week's episode of Command Space. Thank you to Mr. Colton for joining me. Until next time, bye-bye.